The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, you want to, oh, boy. Oh, he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. Our laws as it pertains to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction. Fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. And we're taking your calls today at 9842 drdrew uh, You can also get notified each week if you fill out the form at drdrew.tv. We appreciate the support of Hydrolyte and uh, you guys supporting them. If you get sick or, frankly, if many of us are out training and trying to stay physically fit during all this, Hydrolyte is the way to stay hydrated. Just a packet and something like this and you're good to go. Very similar to IV hydration. Also, I want to shine a little light on the uh, charities we highlighted this week. Um uh, on the dose of Dr. Drew, the Union Rescue Mission, URM.org. Of course, that's headed by Dr. Andy Andy Bales. And uh, they're doing the homeless work downtown. Uh, they've been doing more than anybody forever, and uh, they need your help. Also, we were speaking to Nat Fields of the URINYC, the uh, research, the, is it Universal Resource uh, Institute? Help Urban me. Resource. Urban Resource Institute, NYC, NYC which helps fam families, victims of domestic abuse, developmentally disabled and homeless. So they're an incredible organization. We looked into them deep and you can donate to them at urinyc.org. Then the Open Center of New York and also New Yorkers for New York, F-O-R New York, as well as NY, number four NY, it's the hashtag, Therapeutics to New Yorkers in the front line uh, supplied by the Open Center in New York. That's, we talked to Ross Kettler. And also finally, Joe Costa, the foster care program, an educational uh, living environment of hillsides. Uh, again, hillside.org if you want to be a part of that. And then finally, some of the food projects, the Angel Food Project. We speak to, spoke to Richard Ayub. They continue to feed the at-risk elderly in the L.A. Basin. Thousands of meals going out from Project Angel Food. 
And you can also support the patina cares who feeds the workers on the, on the front line as well. All these organizations have been instrumental in helping us in dire times. We appreciate any donation to help support these guys. We uh, love you. We love them. We worked very hard to find these programs that we thought were worthy and for whom your dollars go a long way. So with that said, um, you also asked for a palate cleanser today, and we have, we're going to provide that with our friend Bert Kreischer. Bert, welcome. By popular demand. I'm so fucking wasted, man. I love being this drunk. I'm hammered. Well, fucking you're jackasses. You're, you're <laughs> but you're not. That's actually the point. You're not at all. No, I don't know what it says about me that uh that like America is turning into alcoholics and gaining weight and I'm losing weight and not drinking. What do you think that is? What do you think that says? Not only that, when I we, I spoke I know, to you two I weeks ago, you very briefly. Two weeks ago, you were sort of freaking out a little bit, and now you're good. I'm much better. Uh, I think I've leaned into my Howard Hughes-esque ways, and uh, I'm not leaving the house, and I'm enjoying it. I can see the solace or the warm blanket in isolation. I love it. Do you think... I don't like people touching my doors. Yeah. Do you think <laughs> Do you think that some of it was like alcohol withdrawal, maybe, that was making your anxiety spiral? Yeah, I think you know what it is. I have natural come by it like a regular American OCD, like not like checking. Here's my thing is it's not check. It's not uh, how many steps up the steps. I'm going to count them. One, two, three, four. It's not checking doorknobs five times. Lick it twice. It's more like the doors are locked. Right. And you're like, uh, the front door's kind of locked. Let me check it one more time. Like that regular OCD. Yeah. And this COVID shit has tweaked it hard. And what? In what sense? <laughs> and like, and like, I don't like people coming to my house. Like people, like someone showed up at my house the other day yeah. and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like yeah. it seemed, seemed so aggressive to me. Yeah. 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 And like we had pizza delivered and the guy was like, rang the doorbell. I go, what are you, an animal? Put it on the fucking ground. Walk away. Like <laughs> Jesus Christ, man, you don't have gloves on the fuck kind of. <laughs> so I, I feel like I've really been enjoying it. Like, I, like this sounds horrible, but. I haven't been drinking. I don't need to. My drinking, we talked about this the other day. My drinking is entirely based on FOMO. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, it, wh what do you mean? Like, you're not going to be fun if you don't drink? No, 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 no. Uh, it's the same reason I have a fear about dying. Like, I'd be cool if we all died together, but I don't want to die first, and then you guys still party, and then I can't party <laughs> with you. But so I, so I see. So it's because nobody's partying, you don't have FOMO. Yep. Yep, and no one's making money, so I'm cool. <laughs> as long as we're all not doing it is, together i'm very happy is, i think i would have loved being a communist is, i would have loved being a communist is this is this i know i'm sure because it sounds like it's 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 bringing up a competitive part of you right if you can't compete no, no, you're out uh, yeah oh no i'm sure there is a competitive part of me aspect that is what it is it's it's drive it's like the, i bust my ass on the road because i feel like and, and that by the way, that is not gone. Like I, I dealt a little bit with it when my special came out. Hey, big boy streaming right now on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and wait, wait, wait. But, uh, and you, you I should, I told, I, I told Segura today that I liked yours better. I told him. Good. That's and, all he needs. Just text and, it to him one more time. So he knows it. And, and, uh, and I loved it. I loved your special. It, it is, it got me. I, I actually, you. here's what I actually told him. I said, yours and his got me through the first 10 days of this thing. I tell you what, I tell you what, Drew, it, it, uh, you know, I've always thought what we do is kind of a little bit narcissistic, a little bit, uh, ego driven, 
whatever daddy issues we have that makes us want to do that weird job. I will tell you now, I've never needed Hollywood more in my life. Not necessarily. I don't need them talking to me and telling me how to live my life and that we're all in this together. I find that obnoxious. But, and by, I'm not shitting on Cat Calloway or Cabba. Verdot. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I'm not shitting on her. Gal Gadot, yeah. Yeah, by the way, if she had texted me about singing a fucking lyric, I would have sang the whole thing shirtless. You know I would have. <laughs> but or, or but it's like whatever. it's like Oh, if I would have done a panel. Yeah. I would have yeah. I would have gotten a phone book and tried to suck my own dick through. The point is I like I really appreciate Hollywood in that making movies really does this. A movie distracts you and entertainment distracts you yep. and there's so much kind of rough stuff going on that tapping out for a second really is enjoyable and so like i'm i'm like doubling down on hollywood going you know you guys don't suck this isn't the pit of despair that i thought it was i'm, I'm really enjoying the fact that i have a ability to do a podcast or to do stand up and take people's mind off it by the podcast is uh bert cast uh at youtube.com slash bert kreischer also bert bert bert.com right mm-hmm you're one of my biggest downloads. We just did a podcast like three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and you're all over the place. And by the way, I was like, I don't want to spend too much time talking about the disease. Little did I know it was going to fucking explode to where it was. I should have, huh? I know, right? I should have pulled a Tom Segura. Your Tom did a podcast about the disease, and the CDC made him take it down. Really? What, what happened? They're like, this is irresponsible journalism. You're telling everyone a bunch of lies. You're going to get people hurt. Oh, no. What do you say? Oh yeah, who knows what he said? He's like, you, he's like, you can't wear get it if you wear a condom. Who knows what he said? But <laughs> oh no, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad you took it down. That's good. But my point to go back to what we were talking about. So when the special came out, I felt very castrated. I felt very neutered. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get in front of it and and promote it and get it out to people and get the word out. And I I couldn't do any. All press was canceled. Everything was canceled. Everything was pushed back. And then all of a sudden I had this weird solace. And I, this goes back to my socialism roots is I kind of was like, Hey, people are got it way rougher than needing to hear about my special. Like there's people really dealing with shit that don't want to be like, all I could think about was the, the w waiters and waitresses that like I've dealt with my whole life in comedy clubs. I was yeah. like, all of them are out of work and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of them have kids and families. Right. And I was like, okay, Bert, like put things in perspective. That shift of perspective, Drew, yeah. put me, like leveled me. It yeah. leveled me. And I was like, I don't have to worry about food this, this month. I don't have to worry about food for a few months. And so I started really kind of, it made me feel better. And then I was like, no one's doing stand up. Cool. No one's got a cool. Like there's a there's a race as a stand up to want to get the first joke out. Yeah. And then you start looking at everyone putting out content and so much content's hacky as fucking shit. Yeah. That you're like, "Ooh, shut your mouth, sit back in the pocket and wait for your time." Cuz And look, your your show is out there prominently on Netflix and this is the time when people are looking for stuff like that to to feel better. Yeah, and so I I was kind of like, you know, I just had to kind of learn how to be comfortable in the moment. And, and oddly enough, in that process, booze did not equate. How I think I talked about this on your podcast, but I, I'm need a little refresher. How, how are your daughters doing with some of the commentary on uh, hey, hey, Big Boy? Hmm. 
They're more upset by my misogyny. Apparently, it has come very clear in my family that I'm a misogynist. And so I have a joke about one of my first jokes is um, I put my dick on my wife's shoulder and my daughters heard it. I filmed it. I put, I filmed them hearing it and then put it on Instagram and they laughed. And then they're like, like that didn't happen. And mom was, my wife was like, no, it, it did. And they were like, I mean, so appalled by my behavior. And I was like, you guys were at school. And they're like, that's not what it's about, dad. That's disgusting. And I was, and so I think it's, it, we're getting to the point where it's like, I used to tell a good dick p- pussy joke. And now the kids realize, oh, that's mo- dad's dick and mom's pussy, <laughs> so, which is a little more uncomfortable. A little? Is this the lightheartedness your fans were looking for, Drew? <laughs> I hey believe guys, so. It's they... still there. It's real. It's a sleeper disease. They asked for you by name. So, uh, uh. Let's take a caller. All right, let's take a call. Let's take some calls. Let's, uh, let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see. Mm. <laughs> I love that you're going, hmm, yeah, jeans high and tight pass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Main mommy pass. Uh, uh, Abraham. Hey Ooh. there. Hey, hey, mommy. Hey, mommy. <laughs> Frank Caller, hang up, Drew. Oh, mommies are the best. Oh, my no. God. I just did a thing with Segura, <laughs> no. and we found a guy that, um, oh, my God. I've got I've, I, I'm going to go on YMH just to, just to go deeper into his world. It's, it's unbelievable. Anyway. So what's up, Abraham? Yeah, uh, n- nothing much. I'm just over here laughing, you know, uh, eating some moose juice because of the COVID-19. Uh, but anyway, uh, my question actually has to do more so with or asking uh, why haven't you been on Joe Rogan's podcast? Uh, because I feel like you're very you're an advocate for like the homeless problem, and he seems to be a little bit interested in that. And so I feel like you two on a podcast together would bring a lot more like information and a lot like a spread it a lot more to like this listeners. Yeah. Like why haven't you been on? Well, maybe I, I don't know. Uh, maybe Bert knows. Do you know? That's so funny. When I, when I heard the question, I thought he was asking me and I was like, I'm not a big advocate for homeless. <laughs> I don't understand where this is coming from. I you, you were just on it, weren't you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was so confused. And then I was like halfway through, I was like, I think he's talking to Drew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys used to do Loveline all the time. Yeah, I, I love Joe Rogan. I listen to his podcast all the time. I, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe I, did I say something or do something? Or Well, you have, who have you had beefs with? Like, you have beef with Stanhope, right? And we are, Stanhope and I are buddies now. Yeah, did you hear he got, uh, he got tested positive for COVID-19? Is he okay? It's touch and go. Uh, is he at home? I don't know. I'm making this up. Wait. <laughs> just a little lightheartedness drew a little lightheartedness you're freaking me the hell out dude I, now i'm gonna he'd be I'm a gonna, fucking goner he smokes every day I, uh, he's also bionic he's also superhuman the stuff he's been through and still walks, yeah he no, but you but you but you you and, and stanhope you and stanhope had a pro, uh, like an issue right that you cleared up on a podcast yeah yeah no problem have you and jo- joe ever had anything I don't, not that I'm aware of that. I, I don't know. He's, he is a uh, thrown out a few insults here and there. And I, and I just don't know where it's coming from. His wife sent me some beautiful scarves. That was uh, uh, Stanhope's. Really? Stanhope's. Yeah. Stanhope's wife. Yeah. Um, 
Wait, uh, did is it a, maybe it's mar- marijuana? Were you did you say marijuana was a gateway drug or something? I doubt it because I I've, I I I think I said I've treated marijuana addicts and somehow that offends him. And I think now he understands. Oh, that. I was offended when Eric what was it? Eric was a marijuana addict. Yeah, Eric. Eric was it Eric Stoltz or no Eric? Uh, Oh, Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts, yes. Yeah, yeah, man. What a great fucking actor, and to blow it all on doobies. He's a great guy too. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've treated a bunch of marijuana addicts, and people have trouble stopping it. Uh, that's that's if people can stop, they should stop if that's what they want to do. And if they don't want and they need help, that's when I help. And cannabis can be one of those. You know drugs what I say? People, what's that? I say we get. You know, Segura is the fucking. He is the. He is the backdoor policy to Joe. Like oh. Segura and Joe are are really like Segura is my. I'm Tom's best friend. Joe, Tom Joe is Tom's greatest friend. Mm. Well, I'll so find out. Maybe he, he to, maybe he knows. Yeah. maybe he knows. Yeah, um, find out from Tom. Uh, all right, let's talk to uh, this is a Tom question from uh, I think it's Don. Hold <laughs> on here. Uh, hey there, Danny. Hi. Yeah, I basically just wanted to tell Bert, you know, I love him. But let's be honest, Drew, Tom is way better than Bert. He'll never be more successful than him. Uh, Bert is way more fat than Tom. Wait, wait, Bert, Bert, there's is, no wait, way you will ever wait. run 50 miles in 24 hours. So, wait, wait, slow down. Bert is fatter than Tom? What was that? Is that what he's saying? Way more yeah. fat than Tom. No, like, I, way more fat. I love this guy he's, already. He's, he's so overweight. He's so overweight. And uh, I just want to say, Bert, you will die if you attempt to run 50 miles in 24 hours. There's no way you will have a heart attack and drop dead. I don't believe so. By the way, let me tell you something about me. I've been um, doing stay long, I but the... I can. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I interrupted him so I could hear you. I want to hear. His, I want to hear the rest of his stupid all right, sentence. All right, hold on, hold on. I got to get him back. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Danny. What was his name? Danny. Danny. Go ahead, Danny. Finish no, your- that's not my real name. My name my name is my name is D'Artagnan. I just used the fake name. D'Artagnan. I just I just wanted to say something funny, you know. You did it. Congratulations, well done, brother. Well done. All for one and one. Oh for yeah, all. congratulations. And also I'm the real Bonditi. The, the, do you know who he is? Does that mean anything? I don't know. I, don't know. Nope. But no. I like the D'Artagnan thing. There's one of the three musketeers. Well well done. Uh oh, this is I have interesting. a visual of what he looks like, by the way. Yeah, like, f- yeah, like five, six, uh, overweight Mexican, black hair, uh, not really kept up, like, kind of a little messy, stains on his shirt. And so that gives me solace in what he said. <laughs> uh, go ahead there, Frank. What's up, Frank? Hey, what's going on? My name is Frank. Um, I, I am a big fan of you guys. I've been listening to, you know, Dr. Drew After Dark, uh, the Birdcast. Um, yeah, I, I just had a, a question because uh, I'm a musician, so I kind of see similarities with that with comedy and performing. And when I was in college, I started this band, and at the time, I was drinking all the time with my friends. So at, at certain points, it was like five, six times a day getting possibly blackout drunk. Mm. And I noticed one time uh, a year later, I was sober for the day and played the show and was like, this is the first time I'm playing a show sober. And it was awful, <laughs> probably because we were all drunk. So anyway, my, long story short, I didn't, I didn't, uh, I was wondering if there's a connection between um, 
if you can tell I'm stuttering a decent amount, it's also half of I'm stressed. But I've noticed that later in life, after the period of me drinking a lot, that I seem to stumble over words. Um, I, I, you know, I watch the podcast, but I feel like sometimes you do the same thing. Like the names will fuck with me. I, I just like, ah, shit. And, and half of the, like my band has fun on stage and banter. So it, it becomes kind of funny with me and the, and the singer, like, will just shit on me when I do it. And, um, <laughs> so I was just curious, do you think that's related to excessive drinking in my early twenties? How, how old are you? I now? also noticed that it doesn't happen when I'm singing. How old are you now? I am uh, 31. 30 31 now. One. And are you taking any medications or have you doing it, done any other substances besides alcohol? Uh, no. I do eat Taco Bell like five times a week for the past 10 years. So right. So, po- so, possibly. I mean, as you get older. Doing hard drugs. Are you still drinking heavily? No. No. What do you think, Bert? I've actually thrown uh, down the I love that he roped me into his dysfunction. He was I like, know. Bert, you know what I'm talking about. You're a fat alcoholic. I hear your problems with word finding all the time. Uh, I, you know, it's so funny. I do stumble over words a lot more now that I'm older than I did when I was younger, but I didn't have a lot to say when I was younger. So I, I feel like I have more to say now. Um, it right. does happen to me if I have coffee and if I'm hungover, I will definitely stammer a lot more than. Uh, than I do now, but I, yeah, but I also think that's just getting older. It's like remember when you were a kid, your mom would go, David, David, Michael, yeah. Marvin, goddamn, what's your fucking name? It's that shit. But but there there are a lot. Uh, alcohol <laughs> definitely affects your brain. There's no doubt about it. And it, and different people mm-hmm. to differing degrees. Uh, some people are very sensitive to it. Some are not so much. But um, to have drunk enough to have real cognitive changes by thirty, that you have to have really had a lot. Uh, it usually takes a few decades mm-hmm. to get irreversible damage. Let's put it that way. And the brain is pretty resilient. And so you can kind of, it, kind of come back from it if you curtail yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not too bad. It's just, I'll catch myself stumbling and it, it's comical and I don't remember it when I was younger. Yeah. It's concerning, but, right? I mean, you're, you're, that's um, the kind of word finding difficulty, yeah. name finding difficulty, something you should be having in your fifties, not in your thirties. So just concerning. Mm-hmm. That's all. What's the matter, Bert? Nothing. I don't even want to talk about this. Why well, just drink it away? <laughs> no. Uh, this is have do- a cocktail. Loosen up. Dose. I think is the is the name. Dose. Is that right? Yes, sir. What's up? You're a big bird. Hey, fan. man. So uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was just on Twitter and I was following Bert, and he said he tweeted out calling out. So I did. You know, and uh, like everyone else, I'm a big fan. And uh, I was just about to watch freaking uh, Two Bears in One Cave right now. Yeah, on, uh, things like episode twenty five. Yeah, yeah, but no, man. You know, just a lot of props to both of you guys. But um, I but you guys, you did touch on something, Bert. Um, like I did stop drinking a lot because of all this quarantine. You know, I was I was worried. I was like like everybody else. You know, everybody like I bought a, like a case of like you know some beer and it's to drink over time. But um, that thing has lasted, and yeah, I don't know why, but yeah, I like drinking. For some reason, I don't, I, I don't even need it as much because I drink every day. I don't black out, but I, I, I do drink every day, you know. So now this is quarantine. I drink even less. So I do feel on that bird. Right. And I guess, I don't know. That's yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder why we're doing that because I'm the same way. Like if you look at my garage, I'm in a amount of alcohol in there, like an astounding, like, like a case of big handles of Tito's. And I just, 
I wish I could figure out how to put this into my regular life because I really don't need it. Not not like don't need it. I don't even think about it. And I go and it doesn't even appetize me. And, you know, my one of the things they want me to do, obviously, is drinking is very closely associated with my brand, I guess, whatever you'd say, is they do these they want to do these like 3000 people meetups on zoom oh. where 3000 people can come in and we'll have happy hour together. Oh. And, uh, I would, I would love to meet the 3000 people, but I don't know if I want to drink only because I'm like party. All I can see is the depression after here's you ready. Want to hear? I wrote this down. Oh, I, all my joke books in there. Drew, I went through, remember we talked about treats. Yes. I went through and listed all the things that are best for me. So, and it started with the third sip of coffee, Mm. right? Mm. Never gets better than the third sip of, after the third sip of coffee, you're chasing the dragon the rest of the day. You're like, right? And so then I went through and I was like, second beer, last sip, second beer, last sip. That's the best sip you're ever going to get. Pizza 2 a.m., right? The first piece. 2 a.m. The first kiss. I mean, I listed all the shit I love. And it was like, and it, and, and it was like amazing that it's about like, it's not about the vacation. It's about getting on the plane, getting a cocktail before you take off on vacation. I don't like the packing up to go home. I like the first kiss. I like getting in her pants. I don't care about, I just, the, the getting in her pants part, like, I, I, it's, that's the treat for me is the beginning. Cause then after that, you're just fucking racing, trying to get it back. Yeah. Like I, sometimes I had sex with Leanne today. Mm, shout out to B man, but I had sex with Leanne today. Yeah. And, uh, Congratulations. I, I laid it down pretty good, but my point is, I, I don't have a point. I just wanted to say I had sex with my wife. No, but, but, but like at one point the dog got in the way, like the dogs get in the middle. And I was like, maybe I should stop here. Cause this is actually better than the sex. The idea of having sex is better than the sex itself. Susan, they have two mastiffs. You think we have trouble with the dogs in the middle of sex? Oh my two god! Gigantic monsters walking <laughs> in. How if they want to get oh. in the middle, they're getting in the middle, right? Oh, oh, it was and it was so subtle. I was, we were playing around, we're fooling around. It starts to happen, right? I start kissing her like stomach or whatever, and all of a sudden. The dog's laying in the bed, and the dog's head just pops up like, are we fucking this bitch? <laughs> we? So, yeah. <laughs> are we? Oh, we're fucking this bitch? Oh, shit. Let me get in uh, on this. I'll work at the top. You work at the bottom, please man. Put that, please put that in the next uh, special. <laughs> uh, the other joke, you can't jerk off in front of a puppy because he just stares at you the whole time going, are you going to throw that stick or what? <laughs> Uh, uh, how did I get so far? Oh, do you know that most people's minds don't work like that? Where they're that specific like with their with their treats? Where no, the, they, of course the, it does. The third sip of coffee, the second beer, last sip, two a.m. pizza, first beer. The specificity—that's OCD, my friend. That's oh, it's duty of not. It's like turning the treadmill off is better than the workout. Turning the treadmill off, and you go, I did it. Like I, there's, I don't enjoy, I don't, I don't enjoy being let down by life. Uh, you, I, we've talked about this before. You need so many treats. They like have, they, I, I don't know how you get five minutes without another treat. You're like my, Oh, I'm in. Yeah. Right. You know what my treat is now? It's Kool-Aid inside a thermos with crushed ice. 
Nice. I love Kool-Aid, Drew. That's like my new treat. Talk to Ray. What's up, Ray? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. What's happening, Ray? Uh, I just had a question for Bert. Uh, first of all, I was just listening to the Two Bears, One Cave with you and Tom, and I think your Bits to Beats is a great idea, what and you should it? definitely go for it. Bits to Beats, right? What is it's this? a brilliant idea. What, 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 what? Tell yeah. us. Bert. Uh, I came up with the concept of Bits to Beats, and so that is us doing our old bits, but putting them to hip-hop beats. Uh. So, like, you know what cops hate when you touch their faces. Long story. <laughs> Five different places. I'm in the car and I'm driving down the street. Cops pulls me over. Fucking flat feet. He comes up to me and says, roll it down. I look at this guy and go, fuck this clown. I put my window down and he leans in. I, I, I fucked it up, but, but that's the point. Like, I get it. I get it. Do your bits to a beat. That was a good one, by the way. Fucking shout out to the B-man. Ray, what's Keep up? Keep going, Ray. Yeah. All right, um, here we go. Yeah, no, I, I was just wondering... Um, what the uh, what what are you doing to stay connected with people? Because I know you're with your family. I know you still do the podcast with Tom, but are you taking the Joey Diaz approach and just calling everybody and checking in on them? Are you doing more video calls? I've been doing a lot of calling people no, that I'm I don't normally talk to. I've been doing that. What are you doing, bro? Are you? Yeah, yeah, I have been. I'm are, wait. I'm I've called a few people. I Facetimed with a few people. I like I love Facetiming. I love doing the group Facetime, like a Zoom. Yeah, but my texting has been pretty aggressive. I text with Rogan and Joe probably like 15 times a day. And Ari, we'll text. Um, the last text we had were uh, whether or not we should switch to edibles or not. <laughs> what? But um, Wait, wait. Smoking anything is bad for COVID, right? You got that. Yeah, I haven't smoked any weed. Okay, good. But even- I haven't even smoked cigars, Drew. It's good. It's good. I mean, you want to, you, you got to uh, look, you want to stay as uh, good a shape as you possibly can for this thing, right? If we get it. Although I got to say, I was looking at the data on California and it is ridiculously good. They've adjusted everything down again, where the total hospital beds, is this ventilators or ICU? Oh, they don't, I don't know if they have the total hospital beds, but they're looking at total beds. Oh, yeah, Drew, are you expecting uh, Illinois to get as bad as New York? Uh, let's look at, let me, if you don't mind, I'll look at the. With Chicago? Yeah, I know they're having a little issue there. Let me see what it looks like. One second. Um, You know, he seems to have taken out um, the all... Wait a minute. Maybe I'm not... Let me see if I can find all bad. Mm -mm. No, it it looks actually pretty good. Uh, They're going to... You're going to... You already peaked, according to this, five days ago. In terms of daily mm-hmm. deaths, and yeah. now you're at uh, like 43 per day. No, it's looking pretty good with 1,200 total. Let's kick this shit in the dick. I know that's what we're doing. I mean, people should be congratulating themselves for how how an amazing what an amazing job we have done. I, I noticed when Dr. Burks was up at the podium at the White House one day, she was like, "The community is what they're doing. What they're doing, like they didn't expect us to do this, and we just did it." So, all right, are you asking how to maintain your relationships during COVID or how to stay in touch with people? Oh uh, yeah, I was just mainly wondering what uh what you guys are doing specifically because uh, I know I've just been I know my buddy we uh, talk shout out to Nick we watch the podcast every Monday when it comes out and pretty much we just talk about the whole thing we'll you know call each other I've been trying to call people more 
But yeah, I was just wondering what you guys were doing. And Ray, I have a I have a note here from a previous call you made to us where you said your mom is compulsively cleaning in response to all this. She's doing it. She's doing okay. Whoops. Uh, sorry about that. Ray, did you hear all that? Yeah. How's, how's your mom doing? Yeah. Uh, it's been kind of the same thing. She's just been, I mean, we've, she's cleaned the bathroom about three or four times in the last, you know, couple of days. I, I think, I don't know if it's a mixture of boredom or if it's an OCD thing, but it's probably, it's probably an been, anxiety thing. I mean, that some people will do that. They'll clean, 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 clean in response to anxiety. And that's kind of an OCD symptom. You, you can relate, Bert. Just not that particular one, but you can yeah, relate. Oh, yeah. We have, we have uh, safe places in my house where I know that no one's touched. And my man cave is one of them. I love it. I love knowing no one's contaminated this area. And you can just not have to worry about your hands. And just I just think it's it's so interesting the way your anxiety just kind of resolved. It's very interesting because you were you were having a lot of it a couple weeks ago. I was bad, but when I talked to you, I was really really bad. Um, I don't know. I wonder sometimes if this is going to sound silly, but if all my problems are caused by drinking. Well, that's what I said. I said that the alcohol can really set off anxiety after you both as your using it as a strategy to regulate anxiety and then the whole withdrawal. I mean, you know, anxiety is up for, you know, three or four days after you stop drinking like a lot. Yeah. I, I know. I don't know. Um, I'm curious to see like right now I am not counting, but I'm 29 days not drinking. Right. And so I wonder, do I, I part of me goes, Hey, go as long as this quarantine goes. And then see if you can fold it back in the way regular people do. I think you've. I've and heard so you that, don't I've deal those, with like the. I've heard those words out of your mouth a few times. Like, in, yeah, well, in it's the either that or just go hard as fuck in the pain again. So, well, we or just stop. Easy, Drew. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm really about a line, right? Let's talk to Jordan. Yeah, it's like you quit quitting doctoring, you know? Right, like, fair enough. It's your, which is interesting. That means your identity is tied up in it. That's very interesting. Yeah, my identity is tied up with a lot of things, though, if you're going to say that. Then my identity partly is masturbating. My partly is... Like, there's certain things I'm just not going to quit doing because I enjoy them. But here's the thing, also, is like, I I love... I, don't, I would never want to get rid of um, that, like, feeling when, when you're, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of a great example, but like, like you're having brunch and someone goes, I wouldn't mind a mimosa. And you're like, fuck a mimosa. How about a bloody Mary? And they're like, Ooh, make it a double. And you're like, that feeling I don't ever want to get rid of treats, treats again, treats. Yeah. Okay. Let me see. Uh, trying to get, uh, Kool -Aid oh. does not let down. Here's a, here's a comic has a question for you, Bert. This is, uh, Ray, is that hey, right? hey, yeah. Bert, Ryan. this is Ryan, Hi, Ryan. Uh, from Louisiana. Yeah, uh, young comic here, you know, just trying to ask for some tips and tricks on what can we do, you know, to get through this quarantine. You know, I've been doing comedy eight, eight months now, and I haven't gone this long without holding uh, a large black thing in my hand. You know, I feel like a cuckold's wife sometimes. You know, so what are we saying? Mm -hmm. what, what can we do to a uh, the creativity flowing. Uh, I will tell you, um, you know what I did the other day, which was really fucking fun, was I went on my computer and I just recorded a screen like it was a solo podcast. And knowing no one would see it, 
like a diary and I did 15 minutes and it was fucking fascinating. Now, what happens is not when I'm on this, but if I was to do a solo podcast that would be out for air, I would be looking for the joke and trying to be funny, but it's almost like journaling. And so I think lack of getting on stage, uh, a lot of you, what a lot of, for me, what creativity, it flows in the moment, like kind of like, like fight or flight, like just talking, not editing myself, just talking. And that was really fun. I did it. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to do this every day. And then, you know, I'll find a bit in here um, eventually. Did you? Um, that and then just writing like fuck, like literally just trying to see everything. Like, and then, and uh, now I'm, because I'm not getting on stage, I'm doing what Joe does where Joe long form writes. I say Joe, like everyone knows, but Joe has been a big advocate of like getting pen to paper or getting on your computer and just writing about a subject. Mm. And it's good. I, I did it for my book and it's good because it really does kind of allow you um, to kind of vine swing from idea to idea and get to places, so, but find the way that you write the fastest. For me, what was fun about recording it talking is that I talk faster than I write. Mm. There you go. Ryan. All right, buddy. Thanks. Good luck, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Keep my hand tight. Uh, let's talk to uh, Owen, who has a diabetes question. Owen, go ahead. Hi. Uh, I was. This is actually like just for context. Uh, I'm 17 and I'm type one diabetic. Okay. And I'm the only one in the house uh, with my mom, and she has MS. Oh boy. And I just want to. I want to know, like. what are things that I can do to help like my sugar, my blood sugar and kind of the overall health of my household during this? Well, obviously your mom is at high risk. You're at risk too. And she needs to be quarantined. You'd be ideal if you could be as well. Um, what are you doing now? How are you monitoring your diabetes? Um, well, I check it around 13 times a day. I do manual checking and uh, insulin injections. Okay, so you, and, you, you short, um, short acting just, Do you have a long-acting insulin also or just all short-acting? Yeah. I I take Novolog and Traceba okay. um, for long-acting. Got it. And your, is your sugar well-controlled? Yeah, I've had diabetes for four years, um, and so, I mean, there's a lot of learning curve, but I definitely have, in the past, like, three and a half years, really cracked down on it, Good. so I'm not worried about that. Good. I'm just worried about, like, when, if if the um, if I do get sick, like, what would happen up and down, and then... No, 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 don't worry about that. Uh, they, they, will, they might even put you on an insulin infusion. They, they, they're they very accustomed to taking care of diabetics with medical problems. That, that's sort of standard care. Don't, don't worry about that. The key is for you, as a long-term issue with your diabetes, to keep that glucose tightly controlled so you don't have any of the... The main complication, of course, of diabetes is what's called micropathic. Um, it, it's, it's a microangiopathic process where the small blood vessels get destroyed and that affects your kidney and your eye and your heart and um, and your brain too. And so you just don't want any of that to happen. And, and if your sugars are well controlled, your risks as it pertains to COVID should be relatively low, relatively low. Thank you, on And then Jordan, you want to know when gyms will open up? 
Yeah, I was just a little curious um, if uh, if we took extra precautions with masks and with um, you know obviously being extra careful and like wiping things down. Will that ex- help accelerate the process um, to get those opened up, or are gyms just kind of a no go for a very long time at this point? Yeah, I. Bert, you have an opinion about that? No, I, I. I I'm- it's hard to tell, right? I mean, it's a, first of all, we're going to have technology, right? So soon we should have more testing and more identification and isolation of people with this thing. But in terms of environments where people congregate and fluids can be exchanged, I mean, gym is a pretty high-risk environment. So I don't know. Uh, you know, if you wore masks and, and or wore gloves, I, you know, it depends on – you can maintain social isolation in a gym, but you're going to have to wipe down with Clorox everything you use. So I don't know. Uh, th- to me, that seems like a somewhat risky environment. You'd have to take temperature of everybody that walked in. You'd, you, I think you'd have to see probably the tests. If everyone is in there is uh, antibody positive, then there's no reason people couldn't go into a gym. But I don't know if we're going to get to that point. Uh, Are we going to get to that point? That's a great question, Drew. Are we going to get to a point where there's a newfound racism, where it's the people who haven't had it versus the people who've had it? Would that is that technically racism? Or the virism? What are we going to call that? I guess it's, I don't know. It's virus. I'm a virusist? Yeah, you're a virusist. It's going to be like uh, sneeches or something. It's going to be weird uh, when people, because if if, our phones are going to go off if we're near somebody. And I don't know how how they're going to balance the privacy and freedom issues. In other words, I can see a day where, let's say, the, the phone knows you're negative, somebody within 300 yards is positive and your phone just goes off. And, you know what I mean? Crazy? You are blowing my fucking mind right now. They're designing something like that, right? That's what's going to happen. Or, or you'll be able to see clusters of people who have antibody positivity. So there'd be high degree of herd immunity in certain areas. So it's going to be a really interesting psychology. I mean, not just psychology, but technology. That's crazy. They should do that for everything. Like you could just turn on your buzzer and be like herpes. Buzz if someone has her. Hey Siri, buzz if someone has herpes. Well, it's it's interesting. They you could deal with infectious disease that way. It's, again, it's balancing out privacy versus uh, health. Uh, here is Russell wants to ask Bert something here. Uh, Russell, go ahead. Oh hey Drew, how are you? Hey man, what's up? Not much. I was just curious how Bert deals with uh, sharing so much personal uh, information on his podcast. I really appreciate it as a fan. Like it's been, uh, it's been great to watch his interaction with his wife and daughters and stuff. But sometimes it gets extremely uh, personal, and I was just curious if that causes him any trouble off the air. Like for instance, when you're talking about having sex with your wife and the dog jumping in today yeah i don't know i don't know another way to do it it's like it's like uh you know you, you ever you ever um i don't know it, it i the only way i ever did comedy was like to be like an open and honest book about what i about my life and then and then by the way this was happening before social media was as big so then social media and my career kind of matched at the same time where everyone was like man, Bert talks shit about his wife or Bert talks shit about his kids. Oh my God, this is what they look like. Shut the fuck up. Like, this is them. Well, they seem like they're happy. Like, and I think, I think it's uh, been a source of people connecting with me as an artist, but I think there's also people like, there's a lot of, I've, a lot of uh, women have always come out and said, like, I feel, I feel horrible for your children that they 
have to be your child. And you're like, oh, whatever. What are you going to do? They get braces, <laughs> oh, no. right? Fuck them. No, no. Let me. <clears throat> right. Yeah. <laughs> no, let me clarify. It makes it definitely makes me as a fan feel more connected. And I think it actually helps me with my like daily interactions. Uh, and it's not that kind of stuff that I'm talking about. It's more like the beginning of one of your podcasts, you were talking with your daughter and your wife about some kind of interaction and how it made you feel like you felt like you weren't being heard and all you guys are having like serious family discussions, you know, with millions of people watching. I thought that was, it was just very cool. Oh, I will. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I, I appreciate it. And, and thank you for enjoying it as, as, as much as you may enjoy it. There are people who don't enjoy it, who think I'm a horrible human being. I, I don't, like I said, I don't know another way to do it. And I'm such an open book. Look, I mean, part of the fun, I mean, one of the po- most vulnerable I've, ever, vulnerable I've ever been was when I did a podcast with Drew and Leanne. And in a weird way, it was like, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I've been talking shit about Leanne on comedy specials and podcasts for years and then all of a sudden she is she gets an opportunity to kind of voice herself and i there were things that she was saying where i was like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. we don't put this in the act in my head but then i was like oh i've been doing it to her she got it's kind of bizarre i i don't know i i it, it's ah. funny that, that whole that whole pod what struck me is we both started talking about you and me and leanne started talking about you and tom and you were like, don't you hear what Tom says? <laughs> what is wrong with him? <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's uh, it's bizarre. It, and I, I don't know. I wish I – like, there's – trust me, like, like Burr and Rogan don't really talk about their families at all. And T- Daniel Tosh, you don't know anything about him. Dane Cook, you don't know anything about him. Tom, for most part, is very private with his family. And I maybe I wish I had started that way, but I kind of did it the way I did it, and now it's like car- putting toothpaste back in the tube. I, I, you know, Christina, whatever Tom doesn't spell, Christina fills out the rest. So it, it, it goes to a similar place, right? Yeah. Um, but hmm, I I just I'm hearkening back to when I first met you, you know, and you're for you know I I feel like I discovered the machine. And the machine yeah. and the machine story was a very personal story, right? You were just telling what telling me mm-hmm. what happened. I don't know. Yeah, like I've never been good at writing jokes, like stand up, set up, punch, and so I've just been good at telling stories that happened. And so, like sometimes, and I've been burned because a lot of times I'll tell a story that is really fucking funny, and I don't realize the person involved um, has feelings about that story at all and and, and not necessarily my family but like i just don't see i like almost like seen see no prisoners type thing where i just start telling the story and then all of a sudden that person's like hey man can like i'll give you a perfect example yeah i got i got cheated on when i was when i was in russia i got cheated on uh by my girlfriend at the time and my best friend and i ended up getting the clap now, I used to just straight up say their names, <laughs> but, but that was like, in a weird way, that was my truth, right? Like yeah. that was my truth. Like, why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't I share my truth? I'm the one that got hurt. And then one day I was laying in bed and I thought, I've said this poor girl's name a million times. I don't, I haven't spoken to her in 20 years, probably, I guess I've said her name a million times. And then I, all of a sudden I was like, 
I bet she has a recollection of that time period that's different than mine. And why am I saying that mine's the absolute truth? Like mine's what I remember. And there's a lot of emotions involved. And I was like, I should definitely stop saying her name. And I should definitely stop saying his name because I talk to him now and he doesn't mind it. Like he's cool with it, but I should definitely just stop saying people's names. And then maybe I should stop telling the story because I don't, there's, all of a sudden it was just like a, a weird way of like, I was, sh- I was trying to share that if people got the clap, you didn't have to feel like you were dirty. And so then I just kind of was like, and and by the way, that is like half of it. I got right when I wrote my book. This girl hit me up. She was like, "Hey, I heard I got a shout out in your book." And I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> oh, oh boy." Uh, hey, and then the next test was, I guess I was a whore, and I was like, "Sorry." Let me, uh, Bernie, take a quick break, and uh, we'll come back and finish things yep. up. All right, hang on one sec. I'll be right cool. back. We've all been very focused on how to stay healthy these days, but uh, we've not been talking about hydration. If you get coronavirus, flu, or even experience allergies, cold, a variety of everyday ailments, they all need hydration. And that's why it's a perfect time to welcome our friends at Hydrolyte back. This is a great product. You all know I've talked about it for a long time. This was the hydration product I wanted to invent, and they got it there before me. Now, remember, dehydration can make you feel sick, even a slight amount, and none of us need that anxiety right now. So stay well hydrated. I am thrilled to welcome our good friends at Hydrolyte back to the show. Longtime fans remember my obsession with Hydrolyte, which is literally the best hydration product I have found. I'm even more excited to introduce their brand new single-serve powder sticks. Simply pour one powder stick into a glass of water. They recommend seven ounces. The powder dissolves instantly and creates the perfect balance of sodium, glucose, and water to deliver up to four times the electrolytes of your typical sports drink. And think about it. You can take this anywhere. You should have it on hand to just pour it into water and you have a real significant hydration product. The other great news about Hydrolyte, the powder sticks, they are 100% natural, no artificial flavors, colors or sweeteners, and they are available in flavors like orange and lemonade and they taste great. Hydration is crucial. Hydrolyte is the fastest and easiest way to stay ahead of it. And you can find Hydrolyte powder sticks in the digestive aisle at Walgreens or Amazon, or simply just go to my website, drdo.com slash hydrolyte. Again, that is drdo.com slash H-Y-D-R-A-L-Y-T-E. You see it spelled here. There it is. And you enter the code drdrew18 to save 30% off your order. Forget the runs on toilet paper. There should be runs on this. This is doing much more for your health than toilet paper. So go get some, have it on hand. If anybody in your family gets sick, you need to keep them hydrated. And that's how you do it. Bert Kreischer at Bert Kreischer, BertBertBert.com. And Bert, we were talking about the machine. Mary wants to talk about the machine. Maybe she's the girl you uh, told the story about while you were out there robbing the train. Uh, Mary, what's up? Hey, uh, Dr. Drew, this is Mary. That's not quite accurate. I was not on that train, but uh, I do have a question for Bert about, uh, yeah, about his Russian, about the machine story. So when you were telling everyone that your nickname is sick, I'm the machine. Were you were you going? I also majored in Russian. Did you? Uh, I don't speak it very well. But if you were, were you going in there? Were you saying Yamashina? Was that the word you used, or was it Automat? Were you saying Machina? Because for me, this is more like uh, I think this word is more used for like a car. Am I correct? Is it funny? So I'm yep. wondering, was it funny to these guys on the train because you're going around saying I'm the car, I'm the vehicle? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, uh, I had, a, <laughs> I had a similar situation when I was in Russia, study abroad, where I was going around asking for an ATM going like, 
Gidea Optomat, you know, like Optomat, like, uh, but which, uh, like, means a little bit more like machine gun. So that's a little bit. I was just curious. That's actually really funny. Which one do you machine or what the. I need a machine gun. Yeah, Anyone question. get me a machine gun or a submarine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, what were you doing? Um, what were you saying? So, uh, I'll tell you you exactly you? what I was saying. Yamashina? So. I, uh, by the way, my Russian's worse than your Russian. What I was trying to say was Yamashinu, which means I'm the man, right? Mushina, <laughs> okay. Mushina. I was trying to say Mushina. I am the man, which which is super makes sense. Right, and yeah. instead, I said Yamashina, which means I'm a car. <laughs> and and Igor heard that, and he said, "Huh?" And I I just said it again. And then he started laughing and he said, and then he said to me, oh, you're the machine. And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever translation and brought me in the room. I said it again. And then I just kept saying it. And so then it just turned into, and I don't know how it turned into the machine as much as what I was trying to say was Yamushina. And so I'm it turned into he's the machine. Right, I'm, I'm right. Yeah. Uh, well, they probably knew you were trying to try to say that. They got the pun, right? I guess. I, I mean... There's a lot, by the way, there's a lot of unpacking to do in that story. And especially to anyone that lived in Russia or knows Russian is you can understand all the mm-hmm. nuances of the of, of, of just the fact that they don't really have slang, per se, because of communism. So the fact that you would come in and try to talk in slang would be so confusing to them. They, but, they, uh, they didn't really have jokes. Right. Right. right? No, there was, I mean, you, the whole point of, this is what Igor said to me was, what he found funny about me was, in Russia, you were very clear with your words because you didn't want to be misconstrued. Because if you were misconstrued, you get a knock on the door in the middle of the night and they'd take you out. So you were very clear with your words. So I remember, I remember that I learned how to say fat guy in a little coat because Tommy Boy had just come out (laughs) and I, and I was doing it and it just didn't make sense. The idea that none of it made sense to them. I used to stay, uh, uh, which means you know what i'm saying because that's what the rappers said and they were like yes we know what you're saying like they were like i don't yeah we know what you just said why, <laughs> why, you why are you yourself? asking us yeah why ask us if we know what you said so something like you yeah, know uh, you know you know. i work pussy and they were like you you fuck cats what <laughs> dude dude my favorite my favorite part of the of the machine story is imagining how those russian people reacted to you like <laughs> Like knowing Russians and knowing how uh, you might have come off to them just as someone who's willing to like drink and go the distance. Like I imagine you were very well, well received during your time there. Well, you know, what's really interesting is, um, is one day, you know, I didn't really have to go to class. I went to class a lot, but I didn't have to because they, the, the mobsters kind of ran our school. And so I say mobsters, you should know that you can find pictures of them online. They looked of me and them. They looked just like, just unstylish dudes. And so they, uh, one time Igor Pitt took me out of class, uh, cause we were hung over. We've been partying the night before and we went and had drinks in the morning and he was, and I told, I bragged that I had done cocaine and Uh-oh. thinking he was think that's cool. And he was not cool with it. He was like, what's wrong with you? Why would you do that? You're ruining your life. Like he gave me a speech and I was like, you're in the mob. Don't you sell cocaine? Like what the fuck? He's in the mob and he's drinking every morning and night. Yeah. I miss those buzzes. 
He's a stylish Russian. Is that what you said? Were you in St. Petersburg or... That, were you in St. Petersburg Petersburg or Moscow? Yeah. yeah, we were in St. Petersburg. That's a beautiful city, isn't it? It's amazing. Oh, it's fucking... Especially during the uh, white me, nights. Me, the, me too, man. Me too. I was there also. It's a crazy beautiful city. You sound like someone who would be cool to party with. <laughs> Dude, I'd love to party with you. Come to Indiana. We'll hang out anytime, my friend. I um, will. I, I, I would love. I, so she seems like someone that's like you'd like. I'm not saying like I, obviously I'm married, but she'd be someone like a cool chick where you. She's like, hey, let's go back to my house. We're at a bar, and you're like, cool. She packs a bowl, and then she's like, okay. Have you seen ever seen the movie, the TV show, My So Called Life? And you're like, no. And she's like, all right, we're watching every episode tonight. You're like, shut up, Jordan Calciadroni. Do you know um, Yakov Smirnov regaled me with some of his his history at one point, and he was saying. He was, I hope I get the story right, but he was asked to be a comedian on, or sort of a host on a cruise ship. And because he made people laugh, he was fired. Isn't that crazy? He, In he, Russia? Because Yeah, because he made people laugh. And so the, the people running the ship thought, were, thought, they came to him and said, hey, do you think you're better than everybody else because you can make them laugh? You're the same as everyone. You're fired. Isn't that interesting? I would love to be in that comedy paradigm life where they're like, no, just be as funny as everyone in the room. You're like, so just be mediocre. Okay. No, not mediocre. Yeah. Just be bad. That's don't, don't try to entertain because that means you get elevated in the room and no one could stand out from anybody else. I could, I, I would love that. I would love that. I could be so much worse than the audience. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, here we go. Let's try this one. Let's see. Frank says this is not uh -oh. a joke. So, Frank, go ahead. Hey, Dr. Drew, Bert Kreischer. Thank you for having me. Big fan of both of you. Um, so just a little preface. I'm a hairy guy, mm -hmm. so I got a hairy crack. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I'm sure you know, Bert, like shooting through a colander, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I tried to use a, uh, a scented wipe. <laughs> on it and it gave me an infection on my ass crack that uh it's pretty much just like a rash and it hurts and it burns and so hold on. the last place i want to go right now is a hospital I understand, but this because is, okay, uh, obviously on. coronavirus and also yeah so this is what corolla calls getting the peanut butter out of the shag carpet bird so um <laughs> <laughs> but what he is it at is it at 12 o'clock or is it something sort of closer to where the action is at, in like a three or nine? Wait, I'm so confused. Wait, oh, explain your clock, it's, Drew. It's, if you're looking at the sphincter, 12 o'clock is straight up, 3 o'clock is a quarter of the way, 9 o'clock is on the other side. Not, so then 6 o'clock would be your ass crack? Uh, would be the taint, oh, your, your taint. It, it, it's like a it's 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 pretty much down the whole thing. So the whole thing is irritated. Correct. So hot baths and um, no, not peroxide and um, hydrocortisone cream, just plain old over the counter hydrocortisone one percent and hot baths, and know that there's several different things that can happen. One, you can get a what's called a pilonidal cyst, which is a little abscess at twelve o'clock common 
You can also get fistulas and or fissures in that area. And those are a little more problem to treat. So if, if it's just an irritation, hot, hot baths and hydrocortisone. You probably learned more about that region just now, Bert, than you ever wanted to know. So, Drew. Yes. Once, uh, he's, once he's better, can he maybe get it lasered? No, and, no, no. And oh, the hair? make it less hairy? Um, I, I don't have an opinion about I mean, that. I've had mine lasered. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Bert, how about you? Uh, I shave. I have had massive problems with the hair on my ass cheeks, only because they, they tie in a knot sometimes they from in- cheek to cheek, and... They hold your ass shut. They like reach out oh, across yeah, I, and, and we hold went, hands, and they keep your ass. Yeah, like shut. A, like a like a span bringing two continents together. I gave Leanne my knife one time. I was like, "Yo, cut me." She's like, "What?" I was like, "Cut me. I need to split." This is the first time the do- my daughter's ever saw my dick. By the way, the uh, I I I then because she said no, and then I grabbed my clippers and I was like. I was, I was like, you're not getting out of this. So I grabbed a double Tito's and soda. We're in Fiji. We're in Bali. And I get my clippers and I lay on the bed like a baby, Drew. And I got my feet in the air and I'm going, shave baby's asshole. Shave baby's asshole. <laughs> do, do, do you understand? I didn't even hear the girls come in. I just heard dad's uh, vagina. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you understand? This is the machine number two. This, this is I've discovered something here. Another <laughs> machine story. Do you understand? <laughs> this story should be your opener from now on. That's going on stage, everybody. <laughs> it needs to. I'm telling you. I'm the sure there's a lot of detail. Five years. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of detail in it. So I'll bring you back tomorrow to tell it again. <laughs> just, uh, just those of you who don't know, that's what I made him do when I heard the machine story the first time on the radio. I made him come back the next night and tell the story again. I did. Right? Is Thank that what God. happened? Right? Did yeah, I came back the very next night and I told it, I think, exactly the same. Yes, it was the same. And you story. were like, that needs to be your. You said that is your that is your movie, and I went, "Oh, good luck!" And then, sure enough, we sold it as a movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I, your poor daughters—they're um, going to need like trauma therapy after all um, their their childhood. They seem great, though. Man, they they they're very well rounded. You know, I think in our house we're very we're very open. We're very like we goof around a lot and we giggle so much. And by the way. We're also really, really close, and that's Leanne. That's not me. That's Leanne. Leanne is like, yesterday morning we had breakfast together. We had we had lunch, dinner every single night together, and we've been watching movies. And it was I don't know, man. I I love them. I love being around them. I'm having so much fun with them. That's nice. And I think it's because I've spent my whole adult adult life on the road. Ari, go ahead. Ari, is that the right name? Oh, hi guys. There you are. What's up? Yeah, Ooh, that hey, was a sorry, scary call. You. No, different. I would know better. What's up? No, different, Ari. Um, love both of you all, Bert. I watch Bertcast all the time. Um, I you. saw Dr. Drew was on there like a week or two ago, and you all were talking huh? about anxiety. Um, totally realized, Bert, after you were talking about your anxiety, how much I have. <laughs> um, you were talking about when Leanne thought you were cheating on her and you started to believe it yourself. <laughs> um, oh, I do that yes. too. <laughs> you did that too? Oh, that's an um, OCD thing. No, no. Like I, I also totally can start to believe false things that I know completely aren't true. Um, or how you 
have these fake conversations in your head or scenarios and you build them up so much and then you really believe it's happening. Um, that happens to me about every single day. And I didn't even notice it wasn't a normal thing until you brought it up. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> Um, no, no, no. I got to be honest with you. One of the greatest things in the world is to know that someone else has something and you're not the only one that's got it. That's right. It's, it's very, it's a, it's a a relief. It's a relief to know that. It definitely is. Um, it's, it's very comforting. Um, it's also alarming or it's not alarming, shocking that I do this all the time and it just seems normal. (laughs) Well, how old, are you? Um, how old are you? What? I'm 26. All right. And so anxiety kicks in about 18 to 22. Some people really start to feel it. Panic can be a part of the deal, too. Mood disturbances can fold into it. And they're highly treatable. You just got to get treatment for it. There's, there's, uh, If you want, there's a book called Dare. It's really more geared towards panic, but it's about sort of leaning into your anxiety a little bit. There's cognitive behavioral therapies. There are emotionally focused therapies. There's a lot of lot of ways to manage that out there, but you got to do the work. Or maybe yeah. you're meant to be a comedian. Um, Try writing. I really, I. Sorry, what did you say? You said you should be a comedian. I said, yeah, maybe you're just meant to be a comedian. Huh. Try writing comedy. I would love to be a comedian. Interesting. I said, if I did, what would you? How would I even start doing that? <laughs> Just get on. St- well, don't get on stage now. I guess that's a bad time to start comedy. Is in the middle of a pandemic, right? <laughs> right. Just um, you sound crowd. cute as a button. Yeah. So <laughs> get- <laughs> I don't just I, I I don't know. As soon as you said that, I thought I got to write a joke about that because I talk about it and I talk about it. And I talk about it only because I want people that go through that same. I'm hoping people go through the same shit I go through, to, and almost like I throw out a like a fucking like an, um, a message in a bottle out into the ocean going, please someone read that and go, Oh, I do that shit too. Cause I go, I thought I was crazy out of my fucking mind. So maybe I'll write a bit about it, but I don't know when this clears up, go try get on stage. Maybe take all your broken parts and see if they connect with other people's broken parts. I mean, it, it, it when it has, a, try, huh? yeah, when it has a name and what has a process to it and it, it just, it just brings it down a notch. You know, when it's something, you know, other people, have to manage you don't feel broken or alone and, and it's got an it's got a, a biology attached it's it's something you can understand and and because anxiety is about fear it reduces the fear understanding reduces the fear uh, okay let me get a couple more things in here Burton we'll wrap up in a minute here um, I'm sorry if we don't get to all of your calls uh, here I want to get to this one I don't think I we talked to Emily have we talked to you yet no Emily Hi, team. I first wanted to thank you for all the entertainment during this quarantine period. It's been great being trapped with all the podcasts. Great. Um, I actually had a question about COVID. I tested positive for it on March 25th, mm-hmm. and I'm on day 23 of not being able to taste or smell anything. Is that the only so symptom? You, is that your only symptom, or did you, did you get sick also? Um, I had a fever. But that was about it. And how long were you sick for? I don't currently. Um, I was sick for about, in total, two weeks. I, ha- I can't return to work until I haven't had Tylenol for 72 hours. So Right. So the loss of smell and taste um, But thing, I was wondering if, if that's possible to be permanent. <laughs> uh, I, and also if Bert had any 
um, ideas about benefits of being in this predicament. So oh. far, the only one. By the way, I do. You definitely need to get a job at a slaughterhouse. Oh. <laughs> what did she say? I stepped on it. I stepped on it. What did you say, Emily? Oh, um, the only, the best benefit so far is I can't smell my partner's lethal brown. Ah, so good. Ah. You're protective from your male partner. <laughs> Um, well, here's the deal. I, I'm not aware of anyone having permanent loss of taste and smell, though I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. Uh, but certainly lots of this as a, uh, a hallmark symptom of uh, the coronavirus. In fact, some people only have this symptom and no other. Uh, but it, it, I, I don't have a clear sense of when it comes back. But if I were guessing, it'd be like four to six weeks, that kind of thing. And it's quite distressing for people because food and food doesn't taste right. You just, you, you lose your appetite, right? Oh yeah. I've got lots of soup that's just like eating hot water. Mm, awful. And you need to, Michael need Hutchins. Yeah. The lead singer of NXS got punched in the head, knocked out and he lost his tense sense of taste and smell. Mm. And he ended up killing himself for it over that. You think? I think it was. I don't think it was autoerotic asphyxiation, uh, but okay, I don't know. I don't know. You, really. I, I, like, I don't know all the ins and outs of details of stories. Thank you. That, sound, that sounds a little better. All yeah, right, this Emily. is a great time to be a lead performer in scat videos. As you mean with the anosmia, Bert. I appreciate you coming by. People shit on you and piss on you. This is the best show ever. Oh, good. All right. The, the producer's happy. The the I'm looking at the restream. Everyone's happy. You know, I love you, Bert. You brought you brought some joy. To I love you too. An, an otherwise sort of uh, I don't want to say this is bleak, but that the people are getting frustrated and tired and depressed and anxious. And uh, I will just tell you guys that the COVID numbers, uh, the University of Washington adjusted everything down, all the data down, like as I said they would. Uh, but in California, it looks amazing, amazing. Uh, the U.S. at large, uh, hard to know where we are quite with the data such as it is. I think it's going to be one more data point in about three days before we really know what the overall country situation is. But California, congratulations. I mean, to me, I mean, let me just put it this way. Uh, by May, let me let me double check this. I think by the first week of May, we are down to like five cases in the entire state of California. There we are. By May 11th, we are at six May thirteenth. We're at fifty cases in the entire state of the of the of California, amongst forty million people. Fifty cases. We should be able to identify, isolate, and and protect against those fifty people humbly. The other forty million should be okay to go to work. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Bert, thank you for cleansing our palate and giving us a little fun and you know spending time with us. I I. I I really enjoy the time. You know what? When I think of this this uh, quarantine, I'm gonna think about you because I've spent more time with you probably than anybody else, and it's been all whether it's on, on hey, <laughs> yeah, whether know, it's right? at your place or <laughs> hey big boy or here, whatever it is. It's you have you have um, enriched me during this whole thing. So thank you for that. I love you, Drew. Anytime, man. I'm here. I all got right. nothing else to do. I'm not going any fucking where. All right. Well, soon enough you will be, but not just yet. So, all right, Bert. Thank you so much. It's uh, Bert Kreischer. It's at Bert Kreischer right. at BertBertBert.com and uh, Bertcast. And uh, um, I get. Are you guys saying anything back there? Is there everybody good? Susan, you want to say goodbye to Bert? Oh, thank you so much, Bert. And, from the bottom of my heart. And say thank you. I appreciate. Thank Leanne oh. too. Although she's she going to read some outros when you go. All right. All right. Bye, Bert. Okay. Say hi, Leanne. Love you guys. Bye. 
All right, wrapping up another show. Be sure to go to drew.com, get the all the other podcasts and uh, the live streams that we do there. Uh, you can find Dr. After Dark. I do it with Christina P. and Tom Segura at your mom's house. Uh, also, Adam Kroll and I have a podcast every day or three times a week or sometimes five times a week, the Adam and Drew Show and the Dr. Drew Podcast. Um, also, don't forget that this show, we put a blast out at drdrew.tv if you sign up there. And lastly, we're trying to do daily streams, The Dose of Drew, uh, where we are um, available at facebook.com slash Dr. Drew or Dr. at Dr. Drew Periscope channel or youtube.com slash Dr. Drew Mixer, Twitch, all simultaneously. And uh, we're trying to just sort of put a community out there during this time of social distancing and highlight various charities and with the work that they're doing. Um, also, uh, I'm the um, a local correspondent for Fox 11 in Los Angeles following TMZ and right before Extra weekdays at 7. Uh, me and Alex Alex Michelson get together and uh, really recoup, you know, uh, just really go over the stories of the day as it pertains to coronavirus. We're going to be talking to Dr. Galley today from the L.A. County Department of Health, and I look forward to that very much. Uh, and we will bring you. Uh, that's at, on Facebook, too. It's also on Facebook. At Fox, Fox LA 11. Live. Fox LA is right. And then, Susan, are, are we going to take a couple of days off this week from uh, the uh, daily stream, do you know? or? Oh, I, I don't know. Caleb can come in maybe and. Do it some. All right, we'll try to do. We're not going to probably do every day this week, as I as I said, I don't have a lot to update you on because this data looks amazing. It looks really good right now, particularly in California. It just looks we like we've smashed it. I mean, you'll really look at the graphs here from uh, COVID19.healthdata.org. The United States at large, though, it looks hard to make a full. And you can catch up on Fox LA assessment. Yeah, via uh, the internet. It's going to be a couple more days. Seven to eight p.m. Pacific time. It looks like it's going to, to me, it's going to be a couple more days before we really kind of see where we are in the On Facebook.com slash doc, I, I can tell you out clinically, though, that uh, people are having great success with treatment right now. Various creative treatment modalities for the the uh, cytokine storm. We talked to a doctor about that in one of the daily doses. Hydroxychloroquine is showing great pro, uh, great promise. And also the remdesivir, the uh, essentially an Ebola medication, uh, has had three two-thirds of people getting better on that medication. So all those kinds of therapeutics should start to come to bear on hospitalization, ICU utilization, and the projected death rate. But I'm looking forward to that. Looking good. I was hoping today looks good in California. It's hard to predict in some of the other states, though, where things are still playing out. So um, thank you all on the restream. for. I see all your your uh, comments there. Oh, somebody wants to hear about Nevada. Let me see what Nevada is doing. <laughs> oh, God, People always start go. asking for these things <laughs> as I start wrapping up. What about um, Nevada? What about I know. Nevada? I want to go back to Vegas. Nevada got got uh, got an upgrade. Nevada's looking much better right now. They they brought down the number of cases considerably. Uh, the deaths per day. Uh, I wonder when they'll open are peaking up Vegas in six days, but even now they're only at like about nine cases per day. So Nevada's looking pretty good. Uh, your total deaths are going to be about two hundred and seventy, maybe something like that, two sixty. So we'll see. That's looking pretty good. I'm still worried about Massachusetts and Connecticut where things are kind of still playing out. But overall, congratulations for the hard work everyone's done in getting this thing under control. It's looking really, really, really good. Somebody named Damayanti Cunningham sent an email. Okay. I'm not, I think I know what that is. I'm not sure. I'll look for it. About? Uh, Something about research on a vaccine. Okay. Well, the vaccine research goes on, and it's going to be 12 to 18 months on that. But I am hearing lots of really good things about that. If we can get that to 12 months, it'd be pretty amazing. Oh, I know. We need one. But then we're going to have everybody fighting not who don't want to take it. So, 
Well, that's a different issue. I know. We have new issues every day. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. Today's call screener is Lindsay K. Floyd. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. If you have a question, go to drdrew.tv, that is D-R-D-R-E-W.tv, and sign up to receive an alert next time I am taking calls. No spam, just quick alerts when I'm streaming live. Also, you can text your question to me right now at 984-237-3739, and I'll see if I can help you out on one of our future shows. Check out our other podcast and watch the full-length HD video versions anytime at drdrew.com. This is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm a licensed physician with over 35 years of experience, but this is not a replacement for your personal physician, nor is it medical care. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me. Call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 anytime, 24-7, for free support and guidance. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. 